Tonight, I'm talking to um, Alan Swift and, and uh, as, as ever, David, on the 28th episode of Hoarding Stuff or Hoarding Stuff, depending which way you, you look at it or which way you say it. And tonight, we've invited Alan along as an ex-firefighter um, because he's, he's got a clearance company that works a lot with my Chaos to Order project in Birmingham to do specialist clearance for people who have hoarding issues, but who have asked to have help clearing their stuff. Mm. So welcome, Alan. If you tell us a little bit about how this all came together and um, what made you decide to do this, this work after you'd retired from the fire service. Uh, well, good evening. Um, yeah, it's, it really did start uh, very much so when I was working in the fire service. I think the last five years that I was working there, I did a lot of work with vulnerable adults. Um, and I used to manage a small team of people, which were called complex needs officers, who worked with a lot of vulnerable clients around risk assessment and fire safety. Uh, and one of the more challenging, I suppose, of uh, cases that we had were to deal with people who hoard. Um, and there'll be many times in some of the CNOs come to me and say, oh, Al, can you help me out with this case? It's, you know, um, this has a long-standing case I've been working on and I'd like to help this person and see if we can get things moving. Um, and I think, I think that where the frustration came in is that we get to a point where we work with the client for so long, different agencies had worked with them, and they were in a position to feel that they were in a, a you know, they could clear out. And could mm. we find a, a company really that was suitable to try and help them declutter? Uh, it, we found it very, very difficult. Um, so actually, then when I retired, I felt, well, I could probably do that. Um, and it's really gone from strength to strength from that, really. Um, and with the, your help, Heather, I mean, obviously, you've got, you're involved with a lot of people um, who need some support. Um, but I think the unique thing from our point of view uh, as a company is that I think it's the approach that we take. Uh, yeah. We really understand it from, you know, that person's point of view, their possessions. Um, and they've had them for a long time and sometimes they don't want to part with them. Um, so when you we're working within the fire brigade, yes. um, what kind of advice were you given at the time to dealing with people? Were you, were you given any training at all? Yes, we did have a, we did have. I mean, Heather gave us some fantastic training. Um, you also worked because we did have a lot of specialists that come in and train the CNOs around mental health. Um, mm. uh, we had Heather as well coming in, so we had and, and obviously we had to cover a wide range of different uh, specialities around disabilities, mental health. And what have you. So we did have quite a lot of training and input. And what, what the great thing about the, the, the CNOs is that they just built up a really good um, relationship with clients. They weren't there to try and make, be judgmental with, with people. And they, they fully understood their situation. And I think from our point of view, our, our frustrations, I suppose, to some degree, if, they could, if you could call it frustrations, was the mm. fact that we felt that we could see risk and the dangers of those risks. And it's really about how we communicated that with our clients, you know, uh, so that one, one, you didn't want to over scare people, but at the same token, you given the options and the choices that they needed to make to make themselves safe. 
and and that, you, they could do that with our help. So it's well, a mid, middle path, isn't it? Really. Yeah, but and I think pardon? middle. Path. It's a middle path. Yes. But I also think the other side, the balancing thing that that makes me even more happy, you know, and you, you said, you know, with my help, it's not my help, it's you're helping me to help people that are on the project. So it's just, a, it's a really nice, um, it's a nice circle really, because the other side of your knowledge as, as ex-firefighters is that you understand all the safeguarding, you understand the, you know, you've got that side of it that's inbuilt, if you like, Whereas I think other companies have to go out and learn that, but you've had years of experience of it. And so that balanced with your attitude of how you work with people is, is great. And I think that's why you've had so many successes. I think in the first two years of the project, we did 48 clearances. Now that's a lot. I didn't that's think- right. I didn't realize we did as many as- Yeah, there's a lot. And, and I just didn't think that people would want clearances that much because all it's this is you know to make this clear all these clearances have been requested by the person mm. not insisted on by an agency because that is not what the project's all about so it's just lovely to hand over so give us a couple of um well but the, the thing is heather you say well, you know i'm helping you but our job is the easy part. Our job is the easy part. You know, people can pick things up and move them. That's the easy bit. You know, it's about, I think it's the hardest part is that interaction with people. Mm. Um, and yeah. and you're, you're usually that first person who has that, you know, that relationship with the person. And then it's really us to continue that kind of same relationship building. And that that, that is nice as well, because I know that you, that we, we're all speaking from the same well, singing from the same hymn sheet, you know, we all carry the same message, we all work the same way. And that is that is lovely, you know, because I don't have to check up to see if things have gone wrong. Do you know what I mean? I, it, I, mm -hmm. I can just hand you jobs and know that they'll get done and know that you'll talk to people the right way. And so, so yeah, give us a couple of examples. Well, it, what's interesting from my point of view is that I, I, I think... So when I talk to people, people have got this, I suppose, they learn different prejudices about people who hoard, you know, and, and, and until they've actually talked to somebody, they're actually just exactly the same as you and I. You know, it's just, just mm. you know, they're just people who want to get on with their lives. And they're really, and I found some, some really, really interesting people on my journeys. Um, and strangely enough, I mean, I not only did I do um, a lot of work with um, complex needs officers, but I also, part of my job was um, working with the deaf community. So I'm also a BSL interpreter. Um, and strangely enough, one of the very first jobs um, in the early days is we had a deaf couple um, who, 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 who both were, you know, people who hoard. And it was really strange because when I went round to do the assessment and I started signing, it was as if, you know, they were like, totally amazed that this man's mm. come around and he's actually That's signing brilliant. to me. That's really you know, good. It was absolutely incredible. And, he, he, and as, as soon as that was that, that broke down all the barriers, got chatting away, um, and it was just, you know, incredible. And it made things so much easier for ourselves then because then he was just saying, yeah, yeah, that can go, that can go, that can go. I'm, I'm quite happy. And 
it did absolutely you know it made things so so much easier and i think that's the case with most of the jobs that we do not all of them are the same everybody's different everybody's got their own different ways and not all of them go to plan some of them actually some of them you know i, I recall going to i remember heather there's a, a chap that you you asked me to go and see and you said oh he just needs a microwave moving um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh yeah really that's what he mm. told me <laughs> and yeah. actually when I went to when I went to see the gentleman um, I, it was probably something like about a two or three day job you know um, and when I got how heavy was to, this microwave <laughs> <laughs> it was the original microwave ever I've got to admit it was a big industrial microwave I've got to admit but anyway he, I mean the thing was that, you know it I had a really good long chat with a gentleman um, and he, he, he said, yes, I need help. You know, I've been having, I've had this for such a long time. I've been having mental health problems, et cetera. And, and I, I, I had a really good chat. He was so up for it. In fact, more up for it than I've spoke to most of the clients. And then I actually contact him about a few days later and says, look, I've identified Saturday as a day to come help you clear um, some things out. And he said, no, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, you know, so, and I said, that's fine. I says, well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll contact you in a few months. You know, when you're feeling better mm. about it, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to push or put any pressure on you. I says, we're here when we, we can help you. If, you know, if you need that help, you know, we'll do it in your time. You know, and, 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 and that's some of the cases that, that happens. You, you, one moment there's, you know, it's all euphoria and let's go with it. And then you'll see the other side to it. Um, but what's, I mean, I just, it's really strange, but I, I, I get so emotionally involved and I, I find it very difficult not to, um, mm. because you, you meet so many different people and they're such, such nice people and you think, all I want to do is just help them have a better life. Um, and there's times when you do go over and above things. It, it's strange. I mean, I, this chap, oh, I felt, uh, must've been in his seventies, um, and he'd had a he'd had a leak in his roof, uh, in his kitchen in his kitchen area, and the council said that they wouldn't come in until they cleared out most of it. So when I went and did the assessment, I thought, well, actually, there's not really much here to be honest. Um, what, what, what's the problem? You know? And he said, look, that's what they've said. Can you help me clear? But then there were a few complications because I think he'd been into hospital, and what had happened is some people had come in. Um, initially moved all the things from downstairs into, you know, into his bedroom area. So most of the clutter was upstairs. But what happened is I, when I went to see him, he was sitting there listening to some classical music uh, and got chatting to him. And I said, oh, you do like your music. Noticed there was a violin in the corner as well. Uh, I said, oh, do you play? And he's going, oh, yeah, I really like to play. Um, and I also noticed that he'd got some um, watercolours on the wall. I said, oh, there's some great pictures. And he said, oh, well, I painted them. And I went, no. And there were some fantastic paintings. And I said, well, do you still paint? He says, well, no, to be honest. He said, since they've moved all that stuff in my me, me bedroom, he said, I've got nowhere really to sit down and listen to music or, or play me music or, or do any painting. So I said to him, I said, I'll tell you what then. I said, I'm here to try and clear out your kitchen. I said, if I can get a chance. I said, I've got an opportunity. We could probably clear some of that stuff out your bedroom as well. Um, you okay for me to move all that stuff? 
and, and I said, it'll give you some room to do your paint. He said, that would be absolutely brilliant. Now, strangely on the day, uh, I'd got a new, uh, I got one, a new worker with me um, and, and uh, the skip was running late. And anyway, when I turned up, his front lawn, where the, the skip was going, it was totally overgrown. You know, his hedge grow and everything else. So whilst we were waiting for the skip, me and the new guy started getting the clippers out, chopped it all back for him, made some space then for the, um, for the skip to come in. And uh, we got going, managed to get all his kitchen cleared out, uh, managed to clear out all of his bedrooms, um, which was only, we was only there really to do a small job in the kitchen, but we, we managed to get that sorted. So when we'd finished, I was standing there on the drive, just chatting to him. Says, all right, that's it. We're all done now. And he just started weeping. He was so overjoyed with everything. So he's crying his eyes out. I've turned mm. around and seen this new worker I've got on board. He's crying his eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's me. I can feel the tears starting to pour down my face. <laughs> it was a fantastic moment. Absolutely fantastic moment. There's a definite difference between the approaches. And yours is working with somebody rather than doing the thing to somebody you know mm -hmm. that, that seems to be how i feel about the, those big enforced clearances where somebody is forced into well yeah just forced into doing it it's yeah. a forced clearance um there's no sort of sense of the person really or or what connection they have with the stuff and you've you've established that with the paintings and with the music and and then that's a brilliant thing to do, I think. And I think one of the things that we also do as well is I always explain what we're going to do. And I always say to the client, I say, look, this is what our approach is. And generally what I'll say to them is, look, our priority here is to make sure that you've got some good living standards here so that we can, you know, clear out your bathroom, your kitchen, you know, so that you've got a nice clean area to work with. Um, and then have access to all your, um, your amenities so that, you know, you can check your meters and things like that. And I says, and this is how we're going to do it. I says, well, look at, will you decide on what you want? And normally I'll do this by the assessment because I'll say to the assessment, have a think about what you want, what you want to, to keep and the things that you want to discard. And then I said, normally what we try to do is empty one clear room. So at least then, whilst we're working, if there's something you want to keep to one side, we put it in the room that we've cleared. So, so we're not trying to rush things. At least we can, you can work, we can work at your pace. You can think, right, I want to keep that and put it in the new cleared room. And then we can go at that pace. And that's generally how we work. And if they say to us, well, actually, can you come back tomorrow? We'll say, yeah, okay, then we'll come back tomorrow. If it suits you, we'll try and do it that way. You know, if you want to come back next week, we'll come back next week. But we don't want to, you know, it's, it's, it's your pace. These are your things. And, you know, you're making the decisions about things that you want to keep. And that's normally how we operate. So the it's nice thing, and flexible. It, it yeah. is. It's wonderful. And the other thing that you do, which is very different from most of the other agencies, is you insist on having the person who lives in the house there yes, when you're present. clearing. Because oh, I definitely. remember a case... A couple of well, it's about a couple of years ago now when there was a gentleman who was in respite, wasn't he? And yes. they wanted you to clear his sheltered accommodation. And you really said, I don't, I, you know, I'm not happy with this. I want him to be here mm. because I just don't like the feeling of doing that when I'm in somebody's home and they're not there as well. Um, mm. And I told this to, because quite often I sort of do 
have conversations with local authorities, and this was a Scottish local authority actually, and um, they, I'd, I've already done some training for them, and they said, oh, tell us a bit more about your project. And uh, so I was talking about it, and I said, um, I was talking about you guys, and I said that they, in fact, they insist that the person is there, and they went, that's one of our first lessons, because we mm. do the opposite. We tell people to leave, to let the clearance guys do their job, and to come back at five o'clock. And I said, well, you know, would you like somebody to do that to you? And they went, no. So that it was like, so it, it, it does, sometimes it seems like blatantly obvious to you because mm. that's what you want. Um, and you know why you want it as well. But if you've already always worked for a company that normally or very often go into clear empty houses as in empty of humans, mm. then you can sort of understand why they want to just get on with the job because for them that is the job but for you it isn't the job is it the the, the clearing stuff is secondary really <laughs> but See, you people, know people sorry, do Dave, that yeah. there are there are people that do that already clearance firms they come in the night when you're out they get into your house they take your stuff and they're called burglars <laughs> 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 well, it's really strange, actually. So I, I say that I like people. I remember, I, I recall doing this uh, clearance for a, a lady, very articulate lady she was as well. And uh, th there was a lot of things. She hadn't been in her bed for quite a few years, to be fair. Hmm. Um, and whilst I was there, she was getting really anxious about things, you know. And I had just have a wag. So sometimes I might say to them, you know, it might be some clothes. And it's obviously that I haven't worn for quite a while. And I'll say, right. And I say, my wife does this to me all the time. I says, I don't even get a choice in it. I said, she goes into my wardrobe. You haven't worn that for two years. It's going. <laughs> right. Wow. And I say, well, look, let's, let's practically think about this. Are you likely going to, is it likely going to fit you? Are you likely going to wear it? And I, I give them some options to think about whilst I'm clearing other things out. So it gives them something to think about. But this particular lady, anyway, she, um, I felt really, you know, it was really strange because um, I'd, I cleared out a bedroom and I managed to find um, some um, clean bedding, um, pillowcases and uh, a duvet cover, and I managed to make the bed up for her. And I told her that I'd cleared the room and made up the bed. And she went upstairs and she said, oh, she's, and she was almost in tears. And she says, you know, I haven't been to, to my bed because I've got a bad back and I've been sleeping in the chair downstairs for years. And she actually got into the bed and she slept for two hours whilst we were there clearing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the first bit of sleep. That's the first bit of sleep I've had in years. Oh, Proper sleep, you know. Sick. So it's, it's fantastic when you, you see these things happening. No, it is. Did she have one lovely. of those recliner chairs? Is that what she was using? No, no, no. It or was just... it was actually just like you know, like a, a wooden chair that you'd sit at a table, you know, a oh, dining table. No. The dining table. Oh no. How uncomfortable was that? That's horrible. Yes, it yeah. is. You know, and she was so glad that when when you know, and that's the try what's the thing that we tried to do. And I mean the I'd say a good majority of clearances that we've done is that people who collect things are brand new still in the boxes, mm. you know. And I, I think that the one that I just recently did again, um, it was a chap. Um, he was indecisive. He wasn't sure if he was going to move or if he was, you know, going to sell up. Or and then he made the decision then, and he said, "Right, 
Um, I'm going to stay, he says, but I need to get central eating. And I says, right, let's look at the practicalities of you getting central eating. How are they going to get the floorboards up to put the pipes in? How are they going to access the rooms to put the boiler in? These are things that we need to think about. And I did all this in the assessment. I says, you really need to think about, you need to clear some real stuff out. And I says, and this, there's some real things that you do really need to keep. We have to put them into one room. So at least then they can come in and put your central eating in. And he was brilliant. You know, when I got there, um, he ordered an extra skip for himself. Um, and then he said he'd already, you know, he'd already started bagging up a load of things. Um, and when we got there, it was just, it was so easy. We just, yeah, he said, that can go, that can go. Let's get rid of all of this. And then whilst we were there, he, he said, he'd, oh, I found this brand new microwave. We managed to get that set up into his kitchen and got that working for him. Um, and, and, and it's just those little things that we did. I remember also as well, we went to do um, a chat. Um, and he was in one of these ground floor um, converted houses, which was a flat. And I'd noticed that um, he, he, all his uh, sink was all blocked. So I managed to get his sink all, all unblocked. And then I also found that um, his, his tap was leaking. So I did a temporary fix on that. I said, look, you'll need to get a plumber in. Um, but we've managed to stop the dripping because all his cupboards were all wet and soaking. And I says, mm. but, you know, so there's all, if, if there's something as small, you know, contribution that we can make in that way. I mean, obviously, we're not electricians or plumbers or anything like that. But if it's a simple just tightening up of a screw or, you know, getting something new out of the box and setting it up in the kitchen, whatever, we're quite happy to do all that, you know, as we go along, because we understand it's somebody's home. Let's make it their home. If it's cosy. Yeah. Yeah. So no, during the, the, the time you were with the fire brigade, I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit here now. Okay. If you had three things that you would advise people not to have. So a good example is today, uh, or yesterday, that was yesterday, we had a new swivel chair uh, arrive. Right? Okay. And it came in a big box. Yeah. That big box is now behind me in the kitchen. Okay. Blocking the door. Okay. <laughs> right? This is not, even I know that's not safe, <laughs> right? Because if there's a fire and we can't get out the front door, exactly. we're toast. But also, what that, but, but also, for? when you say what would I go for? Is, what would you say what, was the, like, a, like, like the box is not a good thing to have at the back door. Right. So what, from, what? from, from a fire perspective, yeah. The two, two, the first two key things is one, having a having a working smoke alarm. Okay, mm. that's really key. It's really key having a working smoke alarm, especially if you've got a lot of items. Um, and there's potential hazards there. I, I mean, I don't, I, I haven't seen your property, so I wouldn't know where the potential hazards and, and, and risks are. But what we would essentially say is to have a working smoke alarm. So if there was a fire, you're going to have an early detection of that and it gives you a good chance of being able to get out of the property okay secondly is having at least if you want to keep things keep your um, walkways clear so if you've got any stairs or any passages leading to a door that's made to escape then make sure that you can get to that clearly so keep everything away from those areas but also as well and this is what some people do forget as well is your escape door that you go out of so, for example, I've known that um, some people said, oh, yes, if I had a fire, I'd go out the back door. But actually, that back door led to a yard 
which was probably only about six foot square, and it had high walls around it, so that's as far as you get. So if there was a fire, you're still trapped in it, essentially. You see where I'm coming from on that? Yeah. yeah so so yeah. when you ha- when you're if you've got an escape plan, okay, you should you should you should have a, at least have some kind of a thought about right. If I was in bed and there was a fire, what would I do? Okay. So we, I mean, the thing for us is, is that one of the key things for people who hoard is that it's difficult to be able to close the doors. Okay. So if all the doors in your property are open and there was a fire in one of those rooms, it's It's going to spread very, very quickly through the property. Okay. So even if you do want to collect a lot of items, be in a position where you can at least open and close the doors. Okay, because when you go to bed at night, at least if you can close all the doors and there is a fire, it will be contained to one room and it gives you that extra little bit of time to make your way out of the property. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The door thing I didn't I didn't know. And um, I I remember hearing somebody giving a talk a while ago and it was like, oh, but actually that's something I can do, you know, but I Mm. never did before. I just left all my doors open everywhere. Mm. How long but do you get I with the door? I do close them. I do close them. What I sort of time? How long do you get with the door? A standard door? Um, a solid door would probably give you about 30 minutes. Mm. That's a long time. But then Isn't the it? fire could be burning for that long. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could have a fire that's been burning overnight and then, you know, because the door's closed and it's contained, it could be going for quite a while. Mm. Um, and it's not going to stop everything because, you know, you've got gaps in the door. It's going to... You're going to get some smoke and, and, and fumes coming through the door, but it's going to at least prevent that spread or you know prolong the spread of the fire, and the, and it will hold back quite a lot of the smoke. So it's really important. I mean, we say that you should have a, a working smoke alarm um, on every level in your property, and mm. we would say also if there's a potential high risk in one of the rooms, um, we'd put one in there as well. So, I mean, I've, like I said, Heather, you, you, you've probably seen, I've, we've been to properties, especially now when it's getting really, really cold at night. You yeah. know, how do people heat their homes? Um, and if they can't afford to, you know, um, use their gas or electric, some, I've known people to rip up their floorboards, have open fires in the middle of the room. What? You know. My, my favourite, Al, was the, <laughs> the guy with the telephone pole. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, he didn't he he didn't have hoarding issues, but he'd brought a telephone pole in, hadn't chopped it up, had just put the end of it into the fireplace and was burning his way up it. How how do these people survive? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I remember. Well, luckily, fire service visit them and then <laughs> catch them in time. But no, I've I've often thought about that guy. I just because yeah. I've got a picture in my head of this this bloke sitting there with this massive telegraph pole all close to you and like going I've got I've got months of this yeah and I mean there's that chap as well who I mean I mean he had one of those portable gas heaters but he didn't use the you know the small cylinder to go into the back of the heater he decided that he wanted to try and save a bit of money and he had a like a big an eight foot cylinder in his in his porch. Oh, I know who this is. And then he and then he piped all his own <laughs> DIY piping through the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, through Jubilee clips and all sorts and of things. And he said to, to me, <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't like Ooh. me. 
because that was actually one, wasn't it? What, that was when, what, didn't you say, I better not go and visit him because I've seen him as a firefighter yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't like me. <laughs> because yeah, you he did. stymied his... Um, his yeah, he didn't like us. So, so in, in conclusion then, smoke alarms, walkways and doors. Yes. That's the three. That's good. Yeah. And also what you've got to remember is if there is a fire and you are trapped... And the firefighters have got to come in to get you. If their path isn't clear, it's going to make it really more difficult for them to get in and it's going to put them at, at risk as well. So, you know, those are the key things that you need to be thinking about. I found it quite odd because of the cost of living stuff. Because uh, so with the hoarding, it was like, what happens if there are blackouts? And the immediate thought is candles. Candles. No. <laughs> no, 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 that, that's going to just, at some point, they're going to fall over and, and things are going to go. But there's some, badly, there's, some there's some absolute fantastic things on the market now, Yeah, you know, yeah. To, to be able to, one, save money and mm -hmm. reduce risk as well. I mean, you've got like wind-up torches, for example, haven't you? You don't need any yeah. batteries. You don't need any electricity to charge them. You just wind them up and then you've got torches that you can use around the property. And in fact, um, the winding up warms you up as well because you've got to put a bit of effort into it. Exactly. And I know so when you say use... wind up, do you yeah. go up to them and go, what kind of torch do you think you are? <laughs> You're rubbish. You're useless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they go, bing! Yeah. <laughs> We've but yeah, we used ones. yeah. Um, but then you see the thing is if they go because the the thing that you got with these that is that you probably put them on the side somewhere uh, that you haven't used them for ages. You come to use it, the battery's dead, mm. you know, and then you're going to try and find batteries when it's dark and everything else. But you've got to wind it. while you just wind it up and away you go. But it's I mean the thing is we had things as well. Um, we used to have uh, I suppose if you're thinking about keeping warm, right. Um, the, 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 obviously, the big thing for us is open fires, candles, that kind of thing. Um, but you, I mean, we used to have uh, issues around electric blankets, for example. And we used to get some um, quite some serious fire deaths um, when people have used fire uh, uh, um, uh, blankets, the heated electric blankets. And that is because they probably hadn't been serviced. They may have been soiled mm. and they, they might have been broken and, and they're still using them. And that's what's caused the fire. So we had this exchange program where we'd give them a new blanket, but actually that was only perpetuating the problem because you give them a new blanket and then they'd get broken or soiled or whatever it might be. And then they'd have a fire. So we sit on the market. You can actually get these like mattress toppers and um, they, they, they act like a, an electric blanket without any electric at all. It just heats your body up on your body heat. And oh, I thought, I, I, I was a bit cynical about it at first. Um, and going and when I first looked into it, I thought, oh, this is a really good option, actually, as opposed to uh, giving out electric blankets. And I thought, well, now my father-in-law, he's in, he's in his set. God bless him, he's not with us now. But um, I remember, I thought, I'm going to try it out on him because my father-in-law is one of these real stubborn people who right i'd sit by the fire i've got my coat on you know i'd walk in it'd be like guadalajara i'm, I'm sweating <laughs> it's, going all, it's cold in here isn't it and, I, and he used to have an electric blanket and he used to and it used to really annoy me because i'd sit there and i'd look at him and he got his alarm clock in it he'd got every, and he got his plugs are all overloaded 
I'm thinking, and I'm trying to unplug his plugs, put them into the safer areas, and then I'm trying to get rid of his electric blanket. And I says, look, I says, I've got this um, this new blanket I want to try with you. You know, one of them things. And I said, look, mm. look, all right. I said, look, I tell you what, um, I'm going to leave it with you. I'm not going to do anything with you. I'm not going to take your blanket away. I said, but just try it. And if you don't like it, I'm going to give you your blanket back. I wasn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> And I said, just try it. And and I didn't have time. I was rushing in, actually, and I just dropped it off and I had to go. Anyway, the following night, I went over to see him. And I, I noticed he'd, he'd thrown out the electric blanket. And I went, mm. and I went in, I went, all right, how are you? He says, he says, you're not having that back. He said, oh, I was, I was snug as a bug in a rug last night. Wow, so, I've never heard of these, Alan. And amazing. And I thought, wow. And this is a guy who really felt the cold. And the good thing is, it, it's... It's one of those things. So you can't get too hot because it's it's it's, it's based on your works on your body heat. heat. Yeah, no, so I've it's never quite. Heard of that. I'm going to have to look those up now because I don't like electric blankets because mm. I don't like being too hot in bed. But certainly for a lot of clients, that would that would really work. And I could yeah, get, definitely. I could, and I could also, things, like I could get those for them in the yeah. now. Yeah, and they're not and they're not massively expensive. And the ones that we were purchasing. Had uh, were fire retardant as well, wow. so right, that's good. Yeah, I'll, you know. I'll, I'll look them up. I'll look them up when we finish. So, in summation, then, so we've got oh, we, not sorry. only have we been talking about clearances, we've also been talking mm. about fires. So it was double yeah, yeah. tonight. Um, have you got a story you want to finish up with before we leave? Um, I just I think. Uh, so many the, stories. I, well, the, the the most recent one, actually, that you, you only told me about this last time. Oh, I tell yes, yes. Oh, that was a real... Who you knew? Recently, yeah, yeah where I grew up. Uh, it was really strange, actually. I'd... I'd um, I sent the address and I thought, oh, that's not far from where I used to live growing up. Um, and I, I, I phoned the chap up and I said, oh, can, can you come around and do an assessment? Yeah, yeah, no problem, come around. And anyway, I got to the door, got chatting, really nice gentleman. And um, as we started talking, I just, I just threw a few things in and said, oh, I used to grow up around this area. And as we got chatting, I actually grew up um, with his cousin. Um, and he's, his cousin, his father, his cousin's father, which would have been his uncle, was actually the uh, scout leader I used to go to the local pubs and scouts with. And he used to live in the actual adjacent road to the one I used to grow up. And he used to chat to my dad because my dad used to do the local window cleaning around the area. And um, he used to chat to him on a weekly basis. And we'd, we'd never met before. And we must have, we must, I must have been there for about three hours doing this assessment. <laughs> right, I'd only popped in for half an hour. <laughs> and... Um, I'd only popped in for half an hour, and oh, I, I ended up I ended up having a chat with him, and he it's said, "Oh, world. oh, it's incredible!" And what was really nice about it, um, the chap, he was in a position where it wasn't so much that he was collecting things. I think he'd got into a position where he'd had a bad time in his life. He'd, he'd had mm. a bereavement. Um, yeah. I think he'd lost, you know, his marriage broke down, all sorts of things. And he got into a position where he felt that things were on top of him. Um, and it wasn't a case that he was really attached to the things to some degree. It was just a case that he found it very, very difficult to be able to do it himself. A physical thing, really, more than anything. 
So I said, look, you know, we're here to help you. You know, these are, this is what we do. This is how we do it. He says, that's absolutely brilliant. He said, you know, he said, actually, not, that don't bother me about that. He says, what's really made my day is having a chat with you and, you know, reminiscing about all my me, me old family and stuff. It's really nice, um, isn't it? Yeah. And I actually, yeah. that night, I did actually contact his cousin. Um, and he said, I haven't seen him for years. He says, I need to send him a, a, a Christmas card. I said, look, I'll get the permission to see if I can pass your details over to, uh, pass his details over to you. Yeah, and hopefully you can get him a Christmas card and even meet up at Christmas if you can. So it was a really nice, a nice touch, really. I mean, that's just a bit of serendipity, isn't it? I always think, <laughs> I always think you've got, you, things happen for a reason. Uh, my, um, a friend of mine was telling me the other night, he'd, He'd met somebody in a local park who was a refugee. He didn't know he was a refugee, but he met somebody who was very upset. And he said, I kept, I'd said to him twice, are you OK? And he'd gone, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine, sir. I'm fine. You know, and he said um, his English wasn't brilliant. And then he said, I started walking away and I thought, no, I need to stay. I need to go back because I remember that guy on the bridge, you know, the one in, hmm. that took somebody down off the bridge. And he said, always insist if you feel that there's somebody's upset about something. Mm. So he went back and he he said, Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you for a bit longer because I really don't think you're good. Anyway, he'd just been to the doctors. He was a refugee in um Solihull. And because uh, th th there's a lot of refugees in a hotel in the middle of Solihull. And he'd been to the doctors, and the doctor said that he had a lump and he thought he'd got cancer and he was 27 and he was like, I, you know, I, I'm, mm. I, what do I say to my family? And, you know, all that. So, so anyway, they, he walked him back to the hotel and he, he picked up them because exactly the same thing. He'd had a chat with somebody. It had just sort of leveled him a bit. And he said, no, thank you. You've been great. And then my friend walked off and he thought, do you know what? Why didn't I get his number? He's got a phone. They get given mm. a mobile phone. Anyway, he, um, he then got on the internet and looked at the charities that, that are take care of people. And he found one that covered the West Midlands and he phoned up and he's this woman who answered the phone. He said, um, he explained what he was doing. He got this guy's first name and she went, his name was Roy, my friend. And he, she said, Roy, you are a very, very lucky man because I only work for this charity one day a week. Wow. And I am. Oh, wow. Houses key worker, serendipity. No. It was no, just meant to be, wasn't it? And so now he's, you know, he meets up with him every week, and it's a really nice story. But it was just meant to be, you know. Mm. That, that so sometimes you get those lovely coincidences, and I think that's a nice thing to end on. Yeah. So, well, I, I think that we should also remember that it's coming up to to the, the, the festive season, and. Uh, I was thinking we should have some some songs like "Tis the Season to Be Decluttering," <laughs> right? And also, uh, this would be quite good if people want to do this. Uh, write the song, you know, on the first day of Hordmas, my true love sent to me. <laughs> you know. Well, the I other guess, thing yeah. that we were we were going to set up a campaign, and I must do it for next year because you've got to do it well in advance. We were going to have the anti-Santa visits where Santa mm. comes to your house and takes things away, takes the gifts away instead of bringing them to you. Or um, you could have like an advent calendar and on each day that you open the box, you've got to take something out. Take something Excellent. out. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, people have I done like that. It. I like so, it. 
There's a lot of merchandise coming up for next year, then, I think. <laughs> so, well, I, I borrowed a Santa suit from the community centre last year. Well, you would be a perfect Santa, Dave. I did it last year for 25 so days. I did, And then this year they wanted the Santa suit back. No. Uh, yeah, they wanted it back. It's their Santa suit, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd had it for a year. Come on. So I'd, I've got a new one. And, uh, yeah, it's not as good as the old one. No, it's just not as good. And then the other thing, because I did this this series, started a series of books about two potatoes called Lumpy and Bumpy. So I've now got a potato suit as well. Um, and what I want to do is I want to do a hybrid of the potato <laughs> suit. And what's his name? I'd be called Santa Spud. Santa Spud. Santa Spud. Oh. And so that would be Happy Spudmus then. It would be, yeah. yeah. No, I'd happy go for that. Must. I like a potato. No, happy, oh, depending on how you're feeling about the potatoes, happy mashmus. Oh, yes. No, mash is one of my favourites. No, well, in then. fact, every form of potato is my favourite. I love anything potato. Have you got your tree up yet, Heather? Of course I have. It's just in my other room. I, I do have a one up. that somebody sent me that's on the side there, but I haven't decorated right. it yet. But no, the other one is in my front room. We haven't, we haven't yet. Christmas tree. And you meant to, you, you really meant to, to turn the lights off, Alan. I beg night. your pardon. You meant to turn the lights off. Is that is that real or can you? Um, no, well, I, you know, it's, it's energy saving as well, really, isn't it? Mm. You know, I turn the lights um, off when I'm not here. I don't yeah. leave them on if I'm not in. They're only mm. on when I'm here. See what I what, see. I, this is I think of everything. I've got one of these little things that plugs in the wall. So when you walk past it, it comes on automatically. Uh, hey. It's a gadget, you know. And you can get all these different gadgets. So if you walk past them, the light comes on. Battery, you can get battery operated ones. You can. I've got them in my garage as well. So you know, if you, you walk into the garage, the light automatically comes on. You know. So uh, to be honest, I think all street lighting should be like that because there's. Thousands yeah. of pounds wasted in street lighting. Yeah. But if it's okay. motion censored, then it will still be, it won't make life dangerous because whoever's walking past it will set it off. But if there's nothing going up that road, don't light it. Exactly. So, yeah. On that so note, you, yeah, well, yeah. Well, thank you both. Yeah. No, thank, no, thank you, you, Alan. And I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody. Happy Christmas. Um, because it is a Christmas edition, but you might listen to it in July. So I hope you did have a happy Christmas. And Season's greetings to you both. We hope all your Christmases are great. 